Welcome to the Jack Weston MCAT Podcast with your host, Phil Hawkins. And Asai Calderon Muñiz. Hey, Asai. I'm feeling a little bit emotional about today's episode. It's, uh, you know, uh, feeling a little verklempt. Um, and so uh, why might that be? Why might I be feeling so emotional today? Maybe it's because we're talking about emotion today. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I feel that um, emotion is something that we experience all the time with so many with so many different emotions, right? You can't not experience an emotion at some point. So hopefully it's excitement today instead of nerves or fear, maybe a little bit of happy thrown in there. Yeah, yeah. I feel like despite my best efforts, emotions still exist. I, I find myself like whenever I'm in like a, a challenging scenario, I want to like turn off my turn off my emotions, turn into Spock, right? It's a pure logical thing. Like what are the facts? What are the details? How I feel doesn't matter. Uh, turns out just through sheer willpower, you can't turn off your emotions um, despite despite trying to. Um, and so we should talk a little bit about, you know, how emotions are like what they are themselves. And then we'll talk about kind of like how they affect you overall, obviously within the scope of the, how the AAMC is going to be testing emotions. And so in case you're you're just joining us, we're looking through the AAMC psych outline. We're hitting all the different topics. Um, today, we're going to be talking through uh, probably the most crucial, critical portion of 6C, which is about emotions. Um, this is something that's surprisingly high yield. Um, especially when you look at the different theories of like how emotion works overall. But we should probably start off with just like, what is emotion? Um, I feel like that's something everyone has an idea about, but, you know, defining it can be a little bit tricky. Yeah. So like you said, folks have an intuitive understanding, right, of emotion, right? We experience them all the time. We go through so many each day. Um, But in terms of an actual concrete definition for the MCAT, so there are three components of emotion, right? So there's the cognitive component, the uh, physiological component, and then the behavioral component. So the cognitive component, this is pretty subjective, right? It's it's based off of the individual themselves. How are they, um, in a sense, feeling, right? So, um, but with respect to how are you labeling it, right? So what emotion are you, uh, do you believe that you're experiencing in a sense? Whereas the physiological component is going to be how your body responds, right? So for example, we talk a lot about the autonomic nervous system. We talked about it when we discussed stress in podcast number two. So if folks are wondering, okay, what else is in, you know, 6C, we talked about stress in the past. Um, But this physiological component is our autonomic nervous system, right? So uh, heart pounding, sweating, you know, um, pupils dilating. And so all of this is that physiological, that physical response with respect to stress, that component. And then there's a behavioral component. Right. So if you happen to be watching us in video instead of just listening to us, you'll notice that, you know, our facial expressions are changing. We're moving our bodies when we're having these discussions. And so all of this is the and even if, you know, you can't uh, see us, I'm sure you can hear it, you know, in our in our voices and can imagine us moving our hands and whatnot. So all of this body language, what we actually do in response to the stimulus, right, is going to be that um, that behavioral component of stress. So stress three parts. We have the cognitive. So having to do with the brain emotion, not stress. Sorry. <laughs> emotion. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yes. Uh, so, uh, emotion, three components, we have that cognitive component, right? So as it has to do with the brain, we have that, uh, physiologic component. So that autonomic nervous system response, and then we have the behavioral components so our actions as they relate to the emotion. 
Yeah, I always like, you know, examples are always the best way to think about this. So like imagining a time when you're really sad, right? Like obviously there's something going on cognitively, like in your brain, you have these thoughts and like, you know, it's morose and sadness and things like that. But also your body is going through changes. You are like dilating the the blood vessels to your face and your nose. And like, that's why your nose starts to run and your, your face becomes redder. Um, you know, if you're, if you're like, let's say you're bawling, right. Like you're really crying very hard and like there's, there's physical changes, like blood flow is now moving differently than it was before. Um, your eyes are watering, your, your nose is running, but then there's some like behavioral things and like sobbing, you know, like people like, 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 you know, kind of like move in different ways and the way we act and like covering our face and all of that stuff. Like that's a behavioral thing. That's not really a like a like something changing like within your circulatory system um which is controlled by your autonomics and so all of these things are, are kind of happening you have got like the cognitive the thought stuff you got the physical stuff with like what's going on inside um and then you have the behavioral stuff which is what's going on on the outside now how these things are related is this is a lot trickier than it seems at first i think that um, pretty much everyone. So there's this like default theory that everyone assumes, like I'm, I'm going to use like seeing a bear, right? Like if I see a bear, I'm going to be afraid. My heart rate's going to go up. I'm going to start running. And so how these things, how these things relate with each other is, is a little bit trickier than, than we would assume. So the default theory, what that, what most people believe is you see the bear, the bear makes you afraid that makes your heart rate go up and that causes you to like run and that sort of thing. Um, and so we have the, the stimulus seeing the bear, we have the, the emotion, which is fear. And then the fear causes the physiologic response of like the heart rate stuff. And so everything we're going to be talking about in the next like good chunk of time is about all of how these emotions, like the emotion, the stimulus and the physiologic response relate to each other. It turns out that idea of like, I see the bear, it makes me afraid. And that makes my heart rate go up. That is wrong. That is not how it works. Um, we like as scientists, we can measure what's going on inside the brain. We can measure what's going on with your autonomic nervous system by like measuring skin conductivity and things like that. And it turns out that very often the, the physiologic response occurs like simultaneously or even before the emotional response. And so like what that means is you see the bear, like your heart rate goes up and then you feel, see, see fear. And so this is something that is very confusing because that does, that's not how it seems like it should work. It sh seems like I see the bear, the bear makes me afraid and that makes my, me like change my heart rate and stuff, but that is wrong. And so I just want to like pause and emphasize that to everyone because that, that makes sense. That's what it should be, but that's. That's not how it is. Um, and so it's really important to, to understand that this like default understanding is actually not how emotion actually seems to be working. Yeah. And I actually want to mention something that I think we've hinted or we've probably explicitly said in the past. And it's that for the psychosocial section, you know, you do live a lot of this, right? Similar to the, the physics section. The difference being that sometimes the colloquial understanding that we have, right, our everyday understanding of topics can get us some points on the MCAT. There are some things that, you know, in the psych section, you can break down by the term itself. But then there are other times where 
it, it's not quite right. And so it's important to be able to distinguish when it's not quite right. And so this is one of those cases where, like Phil said, you know, our default, the default theory are the way that we think that emotion works, you know, when we are talking with other people just in our everyday lives isn't correct. And so it's really important to make sure that we understand the theories that are proposed for um, emotion. And so that's what we're planning on talking about the rest of this podcast. So there are three main theories of emotion that you should be aware of for the MCAT, for the psychosocial section. And the first that we're going to talk through is the James Lang theory. And so actually, Phil describes it pretty well. So using the same example of a bear, right? So you see the bear and you have this, that's the stimulus, right? You are seeing the bear, you um, have this arousal, right? And then your body is responding. So next comes that physiologic response. And so your heart rate's going to go up. You're going to sweat, right? We talked about your pupils dilating. We talked about um, the blood vessels dilating in your face, right? And so now your body has responded to the fact that there is a bear in front of you. And so now that this bear is in front of you and your body is responding, next comes the actual fear itself, right? So now you're just like, whoa, like I'm terrified, you know, we're going, we're going to do something about this. And so that's the, the James Lang theory, right? And then I guess we're just going to keep using the example of a bear. Um, but just know that we use this example, I think, because fear is a lot easier to understand. Um, but this happens with emotion in general, right? The idea being that these theories can be applied to basically any emotion you can think of. Um, just the physiologic response is going to be different. Um, you know, if you have the James Lane theory, that difference is going to also play a role in that um, different experience of the emotion. So, right, your body's going to respond differently. It's going, it can respond similarly, but there might also be some differences. Um, and so with the James Lane theory, it's pretty linear, pretty straightforward. You have the, the stimulus, the arousal, right? So bear, you have physiologic response, you know, your heart, your heart right. is going 20, 20 miles an hour. Um, and then you have that, uh, emotion or fear response. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so like, you know, we figured this out that it seems like the physiologic might be happening before emotion. And James Lang is just like the first person that came after this and is like, well, maybe the physiologic is causing the emotion, right? Like my heart rate's going up and that's, what's making me afraid is my body interpreting that. And so like, this is, this is, I feel like this is the one that just kind of like makes sense. Um, like, well, if the physiologic is occurring first, then maybe the physiologic is causing the emotion. And so like you see the bear heart rate goes up. That makes you afraid. It's just your body dealing with that, that increased heart rate, but that doesn't necessarily have to be true because just, just because two things occur in a certain order, doesn't mean that one has to be causing the other. Like if, for example, my dog barked and then right after that, a pizza was delivered, like that doesn't mean that the dog barking causes pizza to be delivered, right? Like just because those two things occur, um, does like, that doesn't mean that there's a cause and note that there is something related to that. Cause every time like somebody comes and delivers pizza, my dog barks at the, the pizza delivery guy. And so like, if, if I didn't really understand cause and effect, like every time a pizza deliver, my dog barks before I'm like, Oh, my dog's making pizza get delivered. I just need to make my dog bark more and I'll get more pizza. But like, that's not necessarily how it works. And so, this is where like an additional theory comes in. So just to be clear, James Lang says the stimulus causes the physiologic, which causes the emotion. The next theory is Cannon Bard. And so Cannon Bard says, um, so these, these two researchers, they propose that maybe seeing the bear is causing your heart rate to go up. And it's also seeing the bear that makes your uh, makes you feel fear, but like one of those isn't necessarily causing the others. Like, like it could be two separate pathways. 
And so there's something about seeing the bear that causes your heart rate to elevate and you have this, you know, activation of your sympathetic nervous system. And then separate from, from that in like a separate pathway, you have the emotional response. And I, the, the way I always remember this is like you have, you know, Canon Bard and I remember Bard both. And so both the, the emotion and the physiologic response are both being caused by the stimulus. Um, it's not one that's causing the other. Yeah. I like that you, you have like this little way of remembering it for me. It's like a fork in the road because you can either go C or B. (laughs) And so, you know, um, yeah. And so I guess in this case, right, you're going with both, um, not an either, or just like that fork in the road, but yeah. So, um, you know, we can, we have these two ideas and of course folks are never running out of ideas, right? Someone's always coming up with something new. Um, and so, now I'll, I'll introduce this next one. And I'll say that the way I remember this one is the two letters are the same that start with it. So we have the um, the Schechter-Singer theory, right? The two factor is also known as a two factor theory. And the idea here is that you have to thinking about the bear again. So you have this bear in front of you, right? And so now that seeing the bear is not causing, is not directly causing both the physiologic response and the emotion. There's something else before you get to the emotion. And so the idea is you saw that bear. So you have that physiologic response, but at the same time, simultaneously, right. For the S. um, So simultaneously your, your mind is processing, okay, kind of what's, what's happening, right. What, uh, what's the, the uh, importance of this event. And so you have that cognitive label. And so that cognitive label is, okay, I saw this bear And now at the same time, my heart is pounding. My heart is racing, right? Going back 20 miles an hour. I actually don't know um, how that would translate to beats per minute, but we'll, we'll pretend. Uh, And then now I'm saying, okay, I'm scared. Like this is, this is trouble. Right. And then together, these two are causing the emotion itself. So that back to that fear response. Um, So just kind of making sure that we recap, right? So for James Lang, you have basically a single causative pathway. So you have um, the stimulus right? You have the physiologic response and that's causing the fear. And then with uh, Canon Bard, right? So you have uh, these pathways that it's the stimulus is simultaneously causing both the physiologic response and the fear. And then um, the Schachter Singer is it's simultaneously causing the physiologic response and the labeling, right? And then those together are causing that fear response, that fear experience. Yeah. And I know this can get kind of confusing. And so I feel like the like, it, like it's important to kind of understand why Shocker Singer kind of came up with their, their theory. Cause really what they're doing is trying to build off of the stuff of James Lang, right? Like the first time we figured out like the physiologic seems to be occurring first, then like we think the physiologic is occurring or is causing the emotion. That's where James Lang comes in. And, and Shocker and Singer, like these people recognized like, wait a minute, like there are times when my heart rate goes up and I'm not afraid, right? Like there's, there's a difference between like, I'm hanging off the edge of a cliff and I'm like, you know, this, this huge drop, my heart's going to be beating very fast and I'm afraid versus I'm on a roller coaster. And like when I'm on a roller coaster, I'm also way up high, you know, and my heart's beating really fast, but I'm not really afraid here. And so according to the James Lang theory, it's like, no, like the physiologic response causes the emotion. And so it's a causative relationship there. There's no room for anything else. But within Schachter Singer, there's this added step of like, you know, you have this stimulus, um, like, let's say I see the bear that causes my heart rate to go up. And then there's room for this like cognitive appraisal of that physiologic 
like response where you're like, is this something I should be afraid of? Or is it not something I should, should be afraid of? Like, oh my gosh, there's a bear. There shouldn't be a bear here. This like, I should be afraid or, oh, there's a bear. My heart rate goes up. We're in a zoo. It's actually safe. It's a trained bear or something. And like, so even though your heart's beating, you're not actually afraid there because you have this cognitive appraisal of the physiologic response. And so this builds in this like extra step here so we can understand you know, like those cases where our physiologic responses are occurring, but not our emotional. J- just to to point out one more time, that that's another piece of evidence for why the default theory probably isn't correct. Because if what makes your heart rate go up is fear, then why is my heart rate going up without fear, right? And there's like if 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 I'm in this scenario where I could be afraid, but I'm 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 not, but I still have the high heart rate. Like what's going on there? And so. I actually think that the Shocker Singer, this is me personally, is is really just a better version of James Lang. That being said, there are times where your cognitive appraisal doesn't really matter. Like there are times when you like, I know I shouldn't be afraid, but I am anyway, right? Like people who have phobias uh, or who are afraid of like needles, right? Like I know needles aren't that bad, but I'll admit I have a little twinge of fear whenever I like go and get shots. And like that's so... So it's really hard to prove that one of these is correct and the other ones are incorrect because there's there's evidence for all three of them. And so you actually need to know all three of them for the MCAT. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, this is a this is a really high yield topic and it kind of seems to come up kind of all over the place. It's really easy to ask questions about because, you know, you have like James Lang, Shocker Singer, Cannon Bard, and then maybe the default note that that is four options. And that makes it really easy to make a question where the answers are A, B, C, and D. And so um, just this is a sort of thing that's that's a little bit tricky. Um, So I I know you recapped, but I want to recap one more time because it's so critical to make sure you know the difference. And I'm about to ask like a couple or bring up a couple of scenarios that we can kind of take and apply to this and see how the MCAT would test this. So just to be clear, under James Lang, the stimulus causes the heart rate, which is physical, which causes the emotion, which is the emotional, like the fear. Cannon Bard, the stimulus is causing the emotion and the physical separately, not through the same pathway. Uh, Shocker Singer, the stimulus is causing the physical, which we then cognitively appraise to lead to the emotion or not, right? Like you may or may not get the emotion. So here's always my my favorite uh, scenario to like force a student to understand kind of like when someone is going to like, what's going on with these different theories. So let's say we have this little kid, um, little Billy, who's uh, for some reason, he's, he's got a weird hobby where he gets stung by a bee like every day. Um, And so like, I don't know if he's a beekeeper or a nudist beekeeper or something, um, but like he, he's been stung by a bee like 80 times in the last two months and he's allergic to bees. And so he comes into the, um, he comes into the, the, the clinic and as he's going through this like anaphylactic reaction, you give him a shot of epinephrine. Now, after you give him the shot of epinephrine, it's going to help. He knows it's going to help because he does this like once a day or twice a day, every day of his life. Um, and so, so he's not really afraid of needles. He, he knows the shot will make him feel better. But the question is under these theories, which like the shot of epi that this, this patient is getting, 
which of those theories will cause him to experience fear? And, and just a reminder. So I'm asking like, when is the shot going to cause fear? Um, not, and he's not afraid of needles. He's not like, there's nothing kind of like weird, ex, like extra beyond this going on. Um, I feel I, I'm, I'm just springing this on you uh, as I, so like, I feel guilty, like, you know, throwing this question completely, completely to you, but do you have any thoughts on any of the theories on how that, that kind of yeah. relates into it? So if he knows, right, that he's not, you know, that it's going to help and he's not afraid of needles, right, then we can for sure say that the Schachter Singer theory would not lead to fear, right? Assuming that the, his cognitive labeling is intact, right, which we are assuming that it is. Um, on the other hand, the canon bard, right, that epinephrine is the, um, the, the stimulus, right? So with that, we would want to be, yeah, so <laughs> bear yeah, with yeah. me. So it might cause an increase in the heart rate, right? Because that's what epinephrine does, but it's not something that would directly lead to fear because he doesn't, that's not something that he is associating with fear in any capacity, right? So the idea there is that with the um, canon bard, right, that stimulus has to be able to cause both. Right. And so- and so I, I saw the panic on your face. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so then with the James Lang, right, that's the one where we're saying all of these are causing one after the other. So there's no separation. There's no distinction um, between the like it causing one thing and then, you know, not causing the other. So with the James Lang, right, that epinephrine is, again, still the stimulus. But all it needs to be able to cause is the increase in the heart rate, right? It just needs to be able to cause the autonomic response. And so once it does that, the fear automatically follows. Right. right. So I think I worked my way backwards through, through our conversation. No, um, so I'll go back in, in, or in the way that we initially went through it. So um, stimulus being injected with epinephrine, right, to save his life. So in James Lang, that will immediately cause the physiologic response and the physiologic response is what causes the fear. So he's going to be afraid, which would be really awful to experience that every single day. Right. Um, and then with the Cannon Bard, right, the stimulus has to be able to cause both independently the physiologic response and the fear, right? So in this case, it's just causing the heart rate increase. It's not going to necessarily cause the fear um, because it's not something that he is afraid of, right? And then with the... Um, Schachter singer, right? It's going to cause that increase in the heart rate, but he's going to say, well, this is not something that's scary, right? So I'm not going to be afraid. Um, now, there are some folks, you know, who are listening to us and they're like, I am afraid of needles. So I would be experiencing that fear, right? right? So that's why uh, Phil specified, you know, he knows that it's going to be helpful and not um, something to be scared about. Right. And he does this like all the time. Like that's, that's why I created the whole scenario of the nudist beekeepers, because we need someone who knows this is going to be fine. But yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so just just in case you we uh, like I, I, just in case like this connection wasn't made like epinephrine, which is the treatment for like you know if somebody's having like an allergic reaction, that is also like the stimulator of the sympathetic nervous system like that's adrenaline and so we are we are causing the physiologic response of fear and so the shot is basically just jump starting the physiologic response and so since James Lang the physio causes the emotion yeah we're gonna have fear cannon bard one doesn't cause the other and so you won't have fear and shocker singer you do have the physiologic response but then you have the cognitive appraisal and this little billy the nudist beekeeper knows that this is going to be fine and so it's not really a thing there um and so that's kind of a tricky question you know like trying to understand and go into this and i could i could see the mcat giving a passage about 
you know, like something like this and like the emotional response upon like injection with adrenaline or something like that. Um, another, like another way to, to look at this is like a twisted around version of this question is what if somebody had their like epinephrine and norepinephrine receptors blocked? Like they just like that, that those did not work. And so, so if, if you could go in and somehow shut down the sympathetic nervous system, under, um, like under these different theories, uh, which, when could you, could you have fear? Like, when would you be capable of, a, of an emotion? And so like, if I like shut down, like your sympathetic nervous system with epi and norepi blockers, and then I put you in a room with a bear, like, would you be afraid? Right. And that's, that's another way to kind of like ask this, this question is like basically trying to get at the relationship between the physiologic responses and the emotional. Um, you can take a whack at that one too, Azai, <laughs> if, if you want. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So for sure we can say James Lang, right. There's no, the stimulus is still the epinephrine, right. Because you're, you're seeing the bear and the idea being that, you know, you have that release of, of epi. Um, but if your epinephrine, um, receptors are blocked, there's no way to have that physiologic response to seeing the bear. And therefore you're not going to be afraid. Right. And then, um, opposite of what we saw earlier, right. With the cannon bard. So in this case, we said that the fear and the, uh, physiologic response were distinct. Right. And so you could theoretically still be afraid, even if you don't have the physiologic response. And then with the um, Schachter Singer, right, we were saying, okay, so you have this physiologic response and we're labeling that response. But if you don't have the response, you're not going to label the response, right? And so that fear that you would experience with, that you could experience with the Canon Bard isn't going to be there because you don't really have anything to label. Um, so you, it's like, like Phil was saying, right, it's, it's useful to see it both from if you had the response versus if you didn't have the response. And um, I had, I had only thought about it from like when I was, I remember when I was studying, like I'd only really thought about it from the perspective of if you have the response. So I really like the, if you remove the response, what happens? Right. Um, talking about, and sorry, talking about the physiologic response in, as I'm saying this. Yeah. And that's something that gets a lot of students whenever I ask them, especially with the Shocker Singer, because they, they start to think that the, like, it's just the labeling that matters, but like, no, you, you have to label the physiologic response. Right. And so if there's no physiologic response, then you can't do the cognitive label of that to lead to the fear or emotion. So in, in this theory where we've just like completely blocked the sympathetic system, like Canon Bard is the only one that's actually capable of um, experiencing fear or the Canon Bard theory, um, because that's the only one where the physio doesn't in some way contribute to the emotion downstream because it's just a separate pathway. Um, and so just trying to think of like how they could like mess with this, um, especially in ways that are like biologically related, you know, like giving a shot of epi or a, like a, a, a blocker. Um, note that um, epinephrine and norepinephrine will bind different receptors. There's like alpha receptors and beta receptors. And so beta receptors, like those are things will give patients beta blockers. And so when you give somebody a beta blocker, it messes with the sympathetic nervous system a little bit there, which the sympathetic nervous system raises your blood pressure. And so the reason you would give a beta blocker is to like lower that. Um, but like, according to James Lang, Cannonbar and Shocker Singer, or at least James Lang and Shocker Singer, like this might actually change the way you experience emotion, right? Like it might make you 
have a harder time getting really excited or really afraid. And that's like a weird thing to think about, to like realize, uh, you know, uh, something that is like fixing your heart rate might somehow be affecting your, your experience of emotions overall. Um, it's definitely kind of an interesting idea. Yeah. So I have two things I want to say, and I want to number them because otherwise, you know, I'll forget. Um, So the first thing being, I think a lot of students also get tripped up with the Schachter singer because we say simultaneous, right? And so that's really useful um, to conceptualize the time frame, right? Because this is something sometimes students will say, well, you know, am I actively thinking like, okay, I'm active, like, is this a conscious thought? I'm scared, right? But the thing is, it happens so quickly and that's why you're having this emotion. So I think that's where some of that confusion can also stem from. I would say it's generally kind of subconscious. And so it's it's not like a fully conscious thing of like, hey, I should be afraid of bears. Like, no, like they're subconsciously, you're afraid of bears. Yeah. And I really do think that that's why a lot of students get mixed up um, Mm -hmm. or can get mixed up with this theory. The other thing I want to say is that I love that you brought up the alpha and the beta blockers because my mind was already going down that road. Um, And so if you think about it, right, so um, this is also why they tell folks uh, if you're on, like, don't take an alpha blocker or a beta blocker right before you're going to work out because your body's not going to be able to increase the heart rate and increase your cardiac output enough, increase your blood pressure to sustain being able to work out. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, you know, they have these, when, if you go to a doctor, right. And they tell you, okay, take this medication, you know, there might, they might tell you, okay, limit this activity, right. When you first take it, because otherwise your body will not be able to respond appropriately. And so similarly, right. There's this um, almost muting of, of reactions. And so what's really cool is that uh, some of these medications can actually be given for like um, fear of public speaking. And so I've met individuals who, you know, they're given uh, because your heart rate, right. It increases. And so, you know, you start panicking and, and you know what you want to say, but you just can't. Right. Um, because pounding just, in your ears and you're sweating yeah. and like the full sympathetic response. Yeah. Exactly. Everything's just kind of going haywire. And so some folks actually take, um, they can be prescribed a beta blocker, right? You know, normally it's used for um, controlling blood pressure and whatnot, but they can be given that to help them get through that moment. And so they'll just be giving like something shorter acting. Um, And so that's also why, you know, like there are off-label uses for medications. And what's really cool is that those types of medications can be used to essentially mitigate what we experience as, you know, nerves, as different emotions. Um, So I was really excited when you brought that up because I I was like, we get to nerd out a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Like nerd out on like, you know, actually like medications. I love that. Like I never thought about the, the use of that for like stage fright or anxiety um, things like that. Obviously there's some, some interesting implications there and sort the sort of thing that the MCAT could ask, like, you know, this really interesting passage, um, you know, they could go deep into like the emotion side. They could also go into the, like the Yerkes Dodson curve with like how well you can like, um, like how well the stress and like the, the pressure, uh, causes you to, to perform. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, that's not in section six C where we are now. Um, but like, just trying to think about like how the MCAT can test this stuff. Um, I actually think that at at least in my experience, a lot of people who are going into medicine are very sciencey, right? I'm concerned with the facts and the details. Um, at least that's how I was. I'm like, I don't like (laughs) growing up. I'm like, I don't care about, um, you know, like what's like politics or like psychology or sociology. Cause I'm like, I want to know the fundamental laws of the universe. I want to know how everything works, right? Like the, the real things, not just stuff that we make up. And we do kind of like, I would say that like 
psychology exists because we exist. If we stopped existing, then psychology wouldn't really be a field. Um, physics would still exist. Biology would still be a thing. And so that's why I was like way on the science side. And so I tried to just completely downplay emotion and like that sort of stuff. Cause this is, this is silly, but no, I mean, this is a critical portion of being a human and like understanding how this works. And especially if you're going to be a physician, you need to understand this like for your patients, because like emotional disorders are like, those are real things. And you need to be able to kind of like help out and deal with these. Um, and you know, like psychological disorders, which we will be talking about, I think not next episode, but the episode after that. Um, so, you know, kind of be thinking about how emotion and how we experience emotion and how our body experiences emotion, um, can be a really interesting topic um, just as like a, like a science and a medicine topic overall. 